Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Meet the Missionaries, a podcast of Shady Grove Presbyterian Church here in beautiful Durwood, Maryland. I'm Pat Young from the Missions Committee, and I have with me my co-host for this episode, Lisa Johns. Good morning, Lisa. Hello, and good morning. And then in a confusing twist, we also have another Lisa who is our guest today. So I have with me Lisa Green Reveus, who is the area representative for Montgomery County's Young Life chapter. So Lisa, good morning to you as well. Good morning, and thanks for having me. Oh yeah, thank you very much for coming and joining us. And so one of my favorite things when I'm meeting other believers uh, is hearing about sort of their faith journey. And so if you could tell us how you came to faith, and then how did you decide to enter what we would call vocational or full-time missions work? Sure. So I grew up in a home with both parents following the Lord. Both of them were actually involved with Young Life as volunteers. And so church and Young Life and outreach work were a big part of our family my whole life. Um, And I would say as a young child, I made the choice and prayed that prayer of, okay, I'm going to follow Jesus. I want him to be my savior. And as a young kid, I think I had the childlike faith and followed him as best as I could. And I'd say when I got to high school, that's when my life started to look a little bit differently. School and sports were a really big part of my life, and I think that became a big piece of where my heart was, and it took an injury my junior year of high school kind of pulling me back Mm. from the sports scene to reorient me towards the Lord and make a decision that, okay, I want him to be the leader of my life, and I'm going to follow him, and that was the beginning of following him and seeing where he took me. And I think as I grew up and finished high school and went to college, I volunteered with Young Life and really didn't expect to go into vocational ministry. I loved the work of Young Life and getting to volunteer, but I was ready to move into career and had that in mind. But as a senior in college, I really pressed into the fact that I loved getting to walk with young people and talk to them about Jesus and their life. And it was so encouraging and formative for me to have those conversations of relationships that as I was discerning what would come after college, I saw the Lord opening some doors to consider vocational ministry and Young Life was an opportunity to do that. So it was a lot of prayer and a lot of the Lord opening all the right doors at the same time that led me to come on staff with Young Life. And when you did that, did you come on staff here in Maryland or were you back home in California or where did that journey begin? Sure. Yeah, I began at University of Maryland um, working to help start Young Life College there for the college students at University of Maryland my first year. And that's what brought me out to the East Coast. Um, I'd been on the West Coast my whole life. And through that, I then got connected with Young Life in Montgomery County. And after about a year with University of Maryland, transitioned into high school ministry here in Montgomery County. I gotcha. And what is a typical day uh, there may not be a typical day, right? <laughs> but, you know, uh, yeah. So what does a typical day look like for somebody who does what you do? Yeah, it is a very interesting job in that no day really looks the same. But I do think there are some key things that happen every week that often come up in a day that are pretty typical. Um, usually there's a few meetings. Sometimes they're on Zoom now. Um, They used to be a lot more in person. And then there's some administrative work. And usually the afternoon and the evenings are spent with people, whether it's 
kids at school going to a game or practice or stopping by at dismissal. Um, just the other day, I went to Chick-fil-A with one of the girls after school just to hang out and catch up. Um, and then also in the evenings, we do a lot of different activities, whether it's with the students or with our volunteers or recruitment. And so a lot of my evenings are spent out in the community in some capacity. I gotcha. Um, what would you say has been the biggest unexpected challenge of your work? I think the biggest thing is working with volunteers is a very challenging and beautiful thing. You have people that are sacrificing their time and offering up their lives to serve, but also they are volunteers and I am the one who's in it full time. And so I think navigating the realities that I have to build my work schedule around a volunteer schedule, which does mean a lot of nights and weekends are spent doing my job um, out with people who are volunteering. Um, and that it's my passion and my commitment. And while they're invested, sometimes it's not their top priority where it is for me. And so having to navigate and balance the different value set that volunteers have versus myself as a staff person. And so do you find that, you know, because it's not a priority that you have like a high rate of dropout, like where you're expecting to have a volunteer to go and help you and then you don't, or how does that, how does that manifest itself? Yeah, there's a lot of need for flexibility. I think that's something I learned pretty early on and I find myself that I can be a pretty rigid person that has high expectations. <laughs> right. And so it's been a very formative experience that the Lord has used to refine me in working with volunteers and appreciating what they do offer and what they do give. Um, I think sometimes I've learned that I just am going to be there to show up. And sometimes I'll be the only one that shows up. And right. um, at other times, I'm so delighted that there's a whole group of people that are there and helping and grateful for their support. Um, so it does require some adaptability and flexibility, um, but we do have a faithful group of people who keep this ministry running um, from a volunteer capacity. All right. And how many schools and stuff are you involved in, like directly and in, in overseeing in Montgomery County? Yeah, so we, uh, my role is to oversee the entire county. So there are over 110,000 high school and middle school students. Wow. Um, and so that's quite a few students. We don't have Young Life in every pocket of the county yet. That is definitely our goal and our vision to be able to have Young Life and Wildlife, which is our middle school ministry, accessible to every student in the area. Um, but right now we have two high school clubs that have operated this school year, kind of coming out of the COVID pandemic season of ministry. And um, one has served the east side of our county, really kids in Silver Spring and Olney are the two primary communities where we've had kids from multiple high schools over in the eastern part of our county. And then Poolsville has been the other area where we've had a high school ministry this year. And um, it's been so sweet to see that ministry continue to grow and thrive, even though it's a small part of our county. Um, and then we have a teen moms ministry that also serves young moms in our community. They meet in Clarksburg. Um, so they serve kind of the upper county and um, those are the three ministries we've had running this year, and we're already looking at how we can launch some new ministries in the fall. 
And I, as a recovering middle school parent, I definitely appreciate the fact that wildlife is the name of yeah. the middle school. Yes, that's very say, especially middle school sons, I find like a very that's a wild time. Uh, you know, I'm not even sure they should be in a physical building. Maybe the woods is a better place to educate uh, people like that. Yeah. So, and then you mentioned the the pandemic, and I, I know there's been some unique challenges that that come with that, both like from a physical proximity thing, and how how have you seen that be good and or bad or, or pieces of both maybe for, for the ministry? What are your challenges been and what have been some, even the blessings, I guess, of, of being in the pandemic? Absolutely. I think one of the greatest blessings is that our ministry and our volunteers and leaders were really able to focus on discipleship throughout the pandemic. The limitation of gathering in groups and being able to go onto school campuses, which is often a practice that Young Life leaders do, was so limited that really we were left with one-on-one to maybe one-on-three discipleship um, with our group. And there's been so much fruit from that. We've watched our small groups and our, we call it campaigners in Young Life, which is our larger group Bible studies, have just grown and been such a steady presence this whole year because of the discipleship work that happened through the two years of not being able to meet much in person. And that's been really cool to watch and seeing we've had a couple students get baptized in the last year, which is awesome. And watching them plug into local churches and really growing in their faith beyond Young Life has been a delight. But we also um, see the challenges that come with that. And we haven't had the access to schools and events to meet new students like we've had in the past. And even just finding spaces to hold Young Life. Not everyone wants 30 people in their home um, in this time. And not everyone's comfortable um, sending their kid or showing up in a large group gathering. So I think there are just some adjustments. And we had to navigate, okay, how do we do ministry with masks and keeping kids safe and being mindful of all of the different dynamics that we've had. So there were and have been some challenges, but I think the fruit from the discipleship is such a blessing that we're able to utilize that as a foundation for moving forward. That sounds great. That's really cool. And that might even be a springboard into the next question. What are some of the greatest joys of serving in Young Life? Oh, yeah, that is definitely one is watching those students grow in their faith. So many of the kids who come into Young Life don't have a faith background or are not involved at all in a church community. And so watching these young people who are disinterested in Jesus or have no um, experience walking through the doors of a church come to encounter him and begin a relationship with him and then walk with their leaders through the journey of high school while learning what it looks like to follow Jesus and look toward a future with him uh, has been one of the greatest joys. And I think um, specifically, as I mentioned, we had a couple kids get baptized in um, two very different stories, but both of them came from difficult home lives where um, at some point in their high school journey, you would never would have thought that they would be Um, walking with Jesus, let alone looking to further their relationship with him in this public way. And so watching them go essentially from death to life um, is one of the things that brings me the most joy. And that's fantastic. So do you feel like that there's been any, maybe I'll use the word awakening, that people, because, you know, you turn on the news and there's, you know, for those couple of years during the peak of the pandemic, there's so much talk of, you know, death tolls and all this kind of thing that people are more open to 
talk about eternity or talk about, you know, your soul's fate when you die or, or spiritual things in general, or you did not find that that was the case? How did, how did that play out for you guys? I do think especially among kind of the Generation Z and the current group of young people that we have coming through, there is an openness and curiosity of what is the meaning of life because we can see the darkness. And I think the pandemic and a lot of the current events have felt heavy and hard. And there's almost this searching of like, there has to be some form of hope or something better out there because this can't be it. Mm. Um, And I think through that general posture, we're able to then say there is hope and there is a new way to live in Jesus. And this isn't all that this is, this life is about. There's something more. Um, And so I think that's one of the spaces where we've seen an openness that it's not necessarily a direct, like I'm looking for faith, but I think it's a looking for hope and that's a Mm. natural segue. Right. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point. And being able to share the hope that we have, you know, what First Peter calls us to, right? Being Absolutely. ready when these situations uh, come, for sure. And I and I think you know you see throughout Scripture how God kind of shakes people up, right? And that's and reveals Himself through that. It's often not the the great times where everything seems fine that uh, the greatest growth in the church happens. And so I was glad to hear that that has happened for you all as well. It also seems like there might have been some challenges. Uh, with finances and things like that. I mean, occupation uh, has been not the the greatest sometimes. Uh, Businesses shifting how they do business now with inflation and things like that. Is that something that you all have seen in in your ministry? I do think that that um, has been an impact. We're a locally supported missions um, group. And so we depend on the people in the community and churches in the community and businesses in the community to financially support us. And I think when the pandemic kind of first started, a lot of our monthly donor base dropped off Mm. and that, um, we've been thankful that the Lord has sustained us and supported us and kept us afloat throughout. So we have been able to continue to operate, but that monthly donor base is so critical because it's what we generally can count on coming in every month. And it's um, really helpful for financial planning and budgeting. And so seeing that number decrease so much at the onset of the pandemic really has created a sense of how are we going to get those people back Mm. and others and new people who are maybe interested in investing on a monthly basis. And so I'm grateful that the Lord has provided and sustained us, especially through many generous one-time gifts Mm -hmm. or quarterly annual gifts. But that monthly donor base, we did see um, really take a hit during the start of the pandemic and it hasn't recovered yet. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense that that would be affected that way. Um, What would you say that people may get the most wrong about missionary work? Yeah, I I do think it's funny. Um, I can't speak for every missionary, um, but my context here in Montgomery County is that so many people think that I'm just with high school kids all the Mm, time. Um, And while that is one of the best parts of my job and one of the most life-giving parts of my job, it really is only a fraction of what I'm doing. So much of my job is actually empowering and and training and recruiting volunteers to go be with our students. And I'm doing a lot of the behind the scenes work. 
the fundraising, the community networking, um, working with churches and trying to figure out how to better partner and collaborate with the local bodies of Christ in our community, um, finding adults who will be on our committee. It's kind of like a board that helps keep us accountable and running here in the community. So that is so much of what I do is really that networking and training and recruiting and fundraising. Um, And then I get to spend some time with kids and that is such a joy. But I think most people think, oh, you just hang out with high school kids all day. And that really is such a small percentage of what I do. And is that how you thought it would be? Or did you know coming (laughs) in that you were going to be more in the background and training volunteers? I remember in my interview, um, my boss at the time um, said, what's the difference to you between coming on staff versus continuing to be a volunteer? And so that caused me to pause and go, okay, there must be a difference. um, (laughs) I'm not just going to get paid to be what I was in college as a volunteer. But I think that through some of those conversations and that early start to coming on Young Life staff, there really was um, clarity on my role is to equip others to go do what I had been doing as a volunteer. And, and that really was clear, I think, from the onset. But there have been many other administrative and um, I think the fundraising piece, I knew there was some fundraising involved, but I don't know that I was prepared that it's always going on. It's not just an event you have once or twice a year, but it really is something that you're continually doing and, and then continually recruiting. I think I was prepared to help the volunteers that we had and train them, but I was like, oh, this is something where now I have to do this on an ongoing basis of continually asking and inviting people to come in and participate. Right. And did they give you training? I know a lot of missions organizations, like when you first say, okay, I'm coming on a staff, they will send you to some sort of intensive course because fundraising is so unusual for most most people, right? Like they, they love the discipleship, they love sharing the gospel with people, but they're really uncomfortable when it comes down to the muddy point. So they, they did something to help you prepare for that going out? Yes. Yeah, so Young Life is really gifted in offering training to staff. So we have some specialty fundraising courses that they offer right before you come on staff to kind of give you the spiritual foundation for why we're fundraising. We're not just asking people to give us money for a paycheck, but we're really inviting people to invest in the Lord's work. And so I love that Young Life gives us that training at the onset so that going into this mission work, we have a view of why we're asking and inviting people to give financially. And then Young Life also offers the first two years what we call a staff associate program that is really an intensive training program that while we're doing our work in the community and learning the role of being on staff, we're getting training on a weekly basis from a one-on-one mentor that's a more seasoned staff person as well as in a group with folks throughout in our DC region um, every other week gathering for a few hours and getting really intensive training. Yeah, and I mean, and that's really Jesus's model, right? Is, I mean, you're, you're learning for those who come before you and you're helping them be raised up and grown into the role that they're going to take. And so I'm glad to hear that that's, that's happening. I know that I've talked to missionaries who don't have that blessing, <laughs> who sort of feel out on point a little yeah. bit, maybe without some of the support or without some of the, the love and growth and, and nobody to really ask those questions of in an immediate way. And so I'm very glad to hear that Young Life is good at, at providing those, those things for you. And it also just reminds me, you know, of the thing that, that 
you hear often is that, you know, there are those who go like into full-time vocational ministry as you've done. Uh, but then, you know, the majority of us are going to be doing, like you said, giving to help that person stay there. We're going to be praying for that person to help, you know, them fight their spiritual battles. And that's, you know, there's always a role for all of us to play, even if we're not where you are. And so I'm mostly saying that for, I guess, the listening audience and, and to, <laughs> to myself, right, to remind myself that that's what I'm supposed to be, be doing uh, as well. Um, how can uh, your supporting churches be a blessing to you when you're, we're talking about fundraising? I, I know it's part of it, but what are some ways that we could be a support? Yeah, well, I think churches are such a critical piece to this work that we do with Young Life because while we see ourselves as a group of believers, we are not the same as a local church. And we're looking to connect our students into local churches so that they can have a lifelong relationship with Jesus surrounded by the body of Christ since Young Life is just for their high school, maybe their college years if they go to a school that has Young Life. Mm. Um, But really it comes to an end and we don't want a young person that comes to know Christ through Young Life to see their relationship come to an end when high school ends. And so we want local churches to be connected to our ministry um, and to know about our ministry. And one of the best ways to do that is to have people from the churches participating in some volunteer capacity with Young Life. And we know that not everyone is interested in being a volunteer leader and really walking with the young people, but there are so many ways for churches to come alongside and partner with us. I think prayer, um, as you mentioned earlier, Pat, is something that really we need. Uh, We need prayer. We need people who are calling on the name of the Lord to walk with us and support us and pray for our kids and our ministry. And then showing up in different spaces. We have, um, like I mentioned, we have a teen moms ministry and there are a lot of different volunteer opportunities with that that are not working directly with the moms. We have Mm. childcare, providing dinner for them. When they gather, we always provide a meal. We do diaper collection to be able to give them diapers. So there are some very tangible ways that are maybe less of a time commitment or um, less involvement, but still provide that connection and um, support of the ministry. And then I think also, um, as I mentioned, we have our committee and having some people who are saying, we believe in this mission of Young Life and we want it in this community and we're going to stand with it. So people on our committee fulfill a variety of different roles. It's really a space to bring your expertise or your passion or just saying, hey, I have some extra time. So we have um, people who help with the finances, who help us put on fundraisers. So it's more of event planning or writing thank you notes or creating little gifts for our volunteers and donors. So there's so many ways to step in and support. And I think because we are an outreach mission, we need those who are already in relationship with Christ through the church saying, yes, we're with you and we're going to be with you in this. Yeah. And there's just so many good things in, in what you just said that I want to sort of, you know, just emphasize and highlight. And, you know, one is, you know, the fact that it's not just one person doing these things. I think we often look to the missionary and we think, well, I'm glad you're out there doing it, but it's really sort of this <laughs> yes. team of people supporting them and, you know, sort of like holding Moses's hands up during the battle, right? Like Absolutely. you have people beside you trying to, to help you win, so to speak, in that way, uh, you know, and then the ways that people can get individually involved, but particularly, you know, the the parachurch ministry like Young Live or others really plugging people into the local church and the role of the local church uh, as as part of that, I think is is 
critical. And so I'm really glad that you all are, are focused on that and and also keeping people going beyond, you know, the context of the time that they would be with, with young life, right? It's a whole life journey with, with Jesus. And so I'm really glad to know that that's something you guys are, are thinking about and, and helping to facilitate. So that's that's fantastic. Um, the uh, the other question that I that I have real quick before we close up is, you know, I know that sometimes, and, and this may or may not happen. So if it doesn't, you can just say I'm, I'm not don't know what you're talking about. But like you have a number of different ministries which serve the population that you serve, right? That go to high school and things like that. Um, have you ever experienced a time where that was been more competitive than you thought it should be? Like you feel like it's a zero sum game and people are sort of targeting the same students, if you will, that's probably not even the right word to use, or have you found that you're able to collaborate well with other organizations, maybe in the same school, or maybe you're the only organization at the school you're in, and that's that's not an issue, I don't know. Right, I think that, I would say that's a common misconception of a lot of churches, is that, oh, Young Life is trying to target kids that are are in our youth group, or we already know these students, Um, and thankfully, I haven't had the experience of really facing that in a direct capacity. I've heard that that's a common perception of um, churches, and I've just been really blessed to have great relationships with a lot of local youth pastors, and I think um, one of my efforts is to really build relationships with churches and um, other youth leaders in the community to say, hey, like we're all in this together. How can we work and collaborate? Um, But I do think that since Young Life is such an outreach-focused ministry, most of the kids that we are looking to connect with are not involved in a youth group or mm, in a church. Right. And so if we can communicate that message of, of, hey, we're actually looking to find kids that wouldn't be in your church and then hopefully connect them, um, that's really where the relationship can be built. And so I think um, over the years, as Young Life has been in different pockets of the county and different communities, um, we've seen some relationships be, I would say, neutral of like, great, you do your thing, we'll do our thing, and we'll keep cheering each other on. Um, and then we've seen some really positive relationships. I can think of um, a church in only Oakdale Church um, a few years ago had a really great high school ministry and it was a super great way to connect our students who had kind of taken that step of walking with Jesus and say like, hey, here's some place in your neighborhood where you can connect with other believers. And it was fun for them to say, oh, I didn't know this person I went to school with was a Christian and we're all showing up um, on a Sunday evening to connect. And so that was one of those relationships with the local church where this, it was just a really sweet partnership. And so hopefully we can continue to broaden those yeah, that's really that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. So Lisa, if folks out there want to know more about your ministry, where can they go to get that information? Yeah, we have a local website, MontgomeryCountyYoungLife.org. So it's pretty simple. Um, and that would be the easiest way to just get in contact with me or with what's happening in our area in a general basis. And we also are on Instagram at Moco Young Life if people want to check out photos from our ministry. And that's where we often post our latest events for high schoolers. If it doesn't happen on the gram, it's not real. So I'm glad to see that you're, you're out there. All right. And then as as we go forth, you know, after this, this podcast ends and we're looking for ways to pray for you and for your ministry, what are a couple of ways that we could be specifically praying? 
Great. Thank you. Um, We definitely appreciate that. I think um, as we look into the fall um, and another school year coming, we're wrapping up this school year right now. We're really hoping to launch a couple new ministries. Um, One is a wildlife, that middle school ministry in Rockville. Uh, We have a couple people who are interested in helping get that going, but we do need more volunteers to fill out that team and to serve the middle schoolers in Rockville. And so praying for those people to come throughout the summer so that we can be ready in the fall. And then we're also looking to hire a Young Wives Coordinator. So that's our Teen Moms Ministry. And we're planning to start a new group in the greater Silver Spring area and have a part-time staff person to lead that. So we're kind of in that interview process. We have a couple candidates, but prayer through that, that the right fit would be found and that we would have the funds in place to be able to have a person to lead that new ministry. Well, that sounds like a great way to close us up. We'll be praying for those things. Uh, so thank you very much to Lisa Green Revius for joining us here today from Young Life Montgomery County. If you like what you heard, please consider sharing it with a friend, like, and subscribe. We always appreciate feedback, so you can give us that through the podcast app you're listening to this as well. And this has been another episode of Meet the Missionaries, a podcast of Shady Grove Presbyterian Church, where we're seeking to glorify God and share the work that he's doing around the world and right here at home. So God bless, and we'll see you next time. 